Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. In this week's episode, I spoke to FIFA Pro and Coach Zalonius to discuss the FIFA 21 Ultimate Team Team of the Year promo, including thoughts on the overall team, ratings, players to miss out, SBCs, objectives, and much more. Zalonius also told me about what he thinks needs to change with the FIFA franchise. He revealed to me how he spent around £2,000 of FIFA points since the start of FIFA 21 in order to compete as a professional FIFA player. In an in-depth discussion, we discussed pack odds, the price of FIFA points, content creators opening packs, DLCs, loot box regulation, EA's latest financial results, and much, much more. You'll notice that I mentioned in the podcast that we actually recorded this episode during Zelonius's live stream on Twitch, so the audio quality may fluctuate throughout the episode. Zelonius, how are you doing? You okay? Doing fantastic, Nathan. How are you today? Great. Yeah, I'm pretty good, thank you. Pretty good. Um, looking forward to the Future Stars promo now that was announced last night. And um, yeah, yeah, looking it's forward to that. one of my favourite, that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, you get some unique players that kind of change the meta a little bit. Um, that So, like, generally speaking, this year it's been Gomez, Walker, Neymar and Mbappe. Yeah. There's not been a lot of variety. So, when we get the Future Stars, we get a few different cards that you might not see the rest of the year. Let's hope so, definitely. And there's a few players, I think, that um, like Saka, for example, Bakayo Saka from Arsenal, who yeah, they're, I think he'll get yeah, their normal card's not that good. So obviously, yeah. there's a lot of Arsenal fans who want to get hold of a, a decent card that he's he's got. So hopefully, he should be involved in the future stars anyway. People like Curtis yeah, Jones Jesse, and stuff. Jesse Lingard, future star. <laughs> yeah, he's still 20, isn't he? Jesse Lingard. Yeah, still, still showing a lot of potential. Still an upcoming youngster. But um, yeah, uh, spoiler alert, you're not going to get Lingard in there. Uh, anyone who's listening but uh, yeah I just wanted to touch on really just to give an overview of the podcast episode touch on the team of the year promo which is one of if not the biggest um, ultimate team promo of EA Sports' year um, involved in in that Um, what you thought of it talk about some of the SBCs some of the ratings um, because there's a lot of talking points um, yeah. with the promo and then also go on to your the video that you did um, a few days ago which I thought brought up some really interesting points about what needs to change with the, with the FIFA franchise I thought you brought up some really interesting stuff so I'm, I'm, I'm um, looking forward to talking with you about that and, and hearing your thoughts firsthand and just ask you a few questions that um, might give a few more details as well uh, about what you think of it so um, thanks for joining me and uh, yeah if, if anyone who's listening to this podcast um, after we've recorded this, we're actually recording live on uh, Zalonius' stream. So um, thanks everyone who's on the stream at the moment, who's who's listening. Um, really appreciate it, and you can listen back again after on level up um, if you want to. So thanks a lot for for welcoming me on your on your stream. No, 
Good to have you in. Nice one. So let's get on to the um, the team of the year promo then. So uh, obviously we we had the the full team, didn't we? That was chosen by by the fans. Um, what Cho- did you chose, make? Chosen in quotations. <laughs> uh, so according to EA Sports, the team of the year was chosen by a fan vote, a community vote, which um, obviously took place, and then that did the obviously the team of the year lineup. Um, what did you make of the, the the team when it came out? What was your initial reaction? Where's Messi? That was, I think, the first thing I thought. Um, I don't believe there was a world in which Messi lost a vote with Mbappe. Um, I mean, there's like small print EA says, and where it's like they get the final say. And funnily enough, who's the cover star for FIFA 21? <laughs> Kylian Mbappe. So he somehow found his way into the team. I mean, he didn't have a bad year. I'm not trying to say Mbappe's rubbish. He made the Champions League final, but... Like and Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all these like social media, um, it's not like it's not ninety percent of the FIFA player base. It's probably a small percent, but I still think it's probably a fair reflection when you see the votes. And every single vote I could see, it was like Lewandowski was like eighty percent, Messi was probably sixty to seventy percent. I don't see how Messi actually lost the proper vote. He got a twelve man vote, of course, so we're still going. But that seemed a bit weird. Um. The rest of the team didn't surprise me. Um, I thought it was a reasonable team. Um, I saw some people complain, saying the cards were a bit underwhelming, but for me, I like that they're not like the best cards already. I think team of the season should be the best cards we get. Yeah, I'm, I mean, from a personal point of view, I was I was happy that Messi got the twelfth man because it wouldn't have been the same without him. Um, He's uh, him, both him and Ronaldo have been in the FIFA Team of the Year for ten consecutive years, so they've not missed a Team of the Year. So that's the that the history of the Team of the Year promo. So, um, yeah, I was I was glad to see him come in, but oh, you brought yeah, exactly, and you you brought up the fact that obviously Mbappe is a, a cover star for FIFA Twenty One this year, and you know it's yeah. a lot of people brought that up, didn't they? But um, I'm just glad that, that Messi was mentioned. Um, it's interesting you say about the ratings, because like you said, there was a lot of chat on social media about why they were a bit underwhelming the cards. And I think if you look at the last two, three years, um, particularly the the pro scene, the team of the year cards are the ones that dominate the, the FIFA esports scene, the people that they use the, those cards throughout. Because they were 99. 99 Van Dyke cluster. Exactly. Yeah. We had 99 Van Dyke, 99 Messi, um, 99 Ronaldo, obviously. So a lot of people use those cards. Do you think they were just maybe trying to balance it out a little bit because they were too overpowered last year and maybe too many pros used them too early on? I don't know because it's like ultimately team of the year probably is the last big promo where they make a lot of money, I'd imagine. I don't know for sure, but... The game is on a yearly cycle and starts to pitter out a bit as the year goes on. Team of the Year always seems to be, I think, the last huge one in terms of where people seem to spend a lot of money. So I'd have always thought they would go all out. But like Team of the Year, it makes sense that there's some of the best cards and high red. But I think maybe, I don't know, we'll see properly and find out when we get the Team of the Season cards. But I think the Team of the Seasons will be the better ratings. So I think Ronaldo being 99 then. Messi will be a 99, Lewandowski will be a 99, cards like that. Um, I mean, they did, EA aren't that transparent, don't really explain their decisions. So last year we got 99s um, and then this year we don't. So it's hard to really know what their motives are until we see later in the year, I think. 
Yeah, maybe it's the fact that they're, like you said, they're maybe trying to stretch out the life cycle of this FIFA um, yeah. to Team of the Season. People want to spend money at Team of the Season for the best cards now. Yeah, because I think we saw a lot of interest in Summer Heat last year when I think maybe EA themselves were surprised at how how much interest there was around that. And maybe they're thinking if we if we make these yeah. Team of the Year cards slightly less powerful, people are going to be waiting for the Team of the Season one. But the pro scene's over by that time, isn't it? Pretty much, apart from the, yeah. the major one, like the World Cup and stuff. I think Summer Heat... Um was a bit of an anomaly in the sense of it was during, I mean, we're still in a global pandemic, but lots of people are at home um, in major countries in the world in lockdown, so playing video games a lot more, if that makes sense. Um, like, whereas normally people, June, July, August, might not be playing FIFA, they might be waiting for the next one. Lots of people still playing. I remember I was getting, like, unprecedented levels of interest in coaching, things like that, whereas I normally would be not busy at all at that time. So, I mean, Summer Heat was a good promo of lots of cool cards, but yeah, I'm seeing like people on my stream are saying that they think Team of the Year should be the best card. My point isn't that Team of the Year shouldn't be the best cards in terms of, I get if you're in the Team of the Year, the best in the world. It's just, it's more about the life cycle of the game. I would rather we get the very best ratings as the year goes on rather than people who spent the most money have the best cards three months into the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, de- I definitely see your point, and I think we'll have to wait until team of the season really to see if those are if those are the ninety nine cards we're going to get in this life cycle. Then that explains why these cards are slow because it'd be it'd be pointless, wouldn't it, for EA to release ninety nine Ronaldo for team of the year, um, or I don't know ninety nine Lewandowski, and then release another ninety nine card for team of the season. It wouldn't well, make any that sense. Before, and then it's like. The difference is one pace, yeah, exactly. One card, yeah. then one physical, and the other. It's like they don't really have much of a difference, but yeah, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how they take it as the year goes on. I'd have yeah. liked to have seen them talk about it, but yeah. What did you make of the fact that Thomas Muller missed out on the team of the year? I mean, he didn't just miss out on the team of the year. He didn't even get in the nominations, did he? <laughs> no, exactly. We had some. We had some weird players getting nominated. We had a Serbi from Lazio. I think Josselu, I can't even remember yeah, who he Yeah, Hosselu from Alaves. Um, we had Mikel Moreno from Real Sociedad, the former <laughs> Newcastle United player. Well, not, not, not not bad players, but no. Thomas Muller had an insane year for Bayern Munich. Um, I mean, like, yeah, I was surprised. Thiago definitely could have been with a shout. Yeah. I think Bruno Fernandes, though, I said about late November, early December on my stream that I think Bruno's going to get in. And I got a lot of stick people saying, I don't know football, I'm an idiot. It's like, it's nothing to do with football, it's FIFA. It's EA. Bruno will make them more money than a freestyle week for Thiago with no pace. Hmm. I said that I thought Bruno would get in the team of the year. I mean, he's obviously played very well in the last year in the Premier League. Um, he just The argument against him was he hadn't really won anything. Um, United obviously haven't won anything in the last year compared to like what Thiago and Muller did at Bayern Munich. But... Um, yeah, uh, I think, like I said, when you said about chosen by the community, and I kind of joked saying, yeah, chosen, it's like EA were always going to make sure the team of the year is a very desirable one because people are going to be a lot more excited about packing an insane Bruno card than Muller's, even his team of the seasons are never that good on the game. Tiago's the same. 
Yeah, I, I mean, just don't suit the game that much. So. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I did read an article a couple of years ago where I can't remember what website it was on, but one of my fellow esports journalists from the industry, he did an interview with an EA Sports producer about Thomas Muller and how hard it is for them to recreate it's him so on the game player. because he's such a like he's a weird player in that he doesn't have any outstanding attributes he's not outstanding technically before, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, the only thing that you can really pinpoint is movement correct yeah he has his yeah. own position named after him on football manager yeah 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 the, the, what de, i can't Ron even pronounce deters, it that's like, it yeah means space investigator or yeah something in german yeah and i think it's that like you said it's the you can't really put a finger on that that ability to kind of sniff out where to be at the right time and that's not going to ever be an attribute is it i know there's attacking positioning isn't there and obviously muller's going to be really high on that but it's so hard to recreate yeah, it's so hard to recreate that in the game. Maybe that's a reason. I'm just throwing it out there why they why they didn't put it put him in because he maybe wouldn't be popular. But it would have been interesting. It would have been nice for him to to at least be mentioned um, in the honourable mentions as well. Because I mean, Nabil Fakir did not have a better year than <laughs> Thomas Muller. Let's be the honest. The honourable so. mentions. I remember looking at him and saying like, "What are the point in these? Like, no one cares about Immobile." Mane was basically a copy of his foot freeze, but a left winger. Um, Jesus Navas useless. Marquinhos too slow. Like they, they, they could have used the honourable mentions. They could have done like a full twenty man, three man team. Yeah. Given some decent yeah. cards and given like team of the year for me is too much about. I think the term sometimes people use is the whales in the community who spend a lot of money and can afford them. Um. And people get caught up in this, like seeing all the streamers and streamers spend a lot of money on the game, but it's fine because for them, it's just a return. They get a return on the investment. But I think um, I saw a YouTuber. Do you know Vizzer? No, I don't think so. He's famous for, he's like out and out like Burnley Ultra, but he's a pretty big YouTuber. He did a video where um, he analyzed like 25 different big content creators, their videos, the streams, and figured out the average it cost how many pounds they had to spend before they got team of the year. It was something like seven grand <laughs> per, t- per team of the year across people's accounts. And um, for me, the honorable mentions would be a good chance to be a bit more inclusive to the community. So like how many people can afford a team of the year CR7? Like yeah. it's crazy. Whereas the honorable mentions, the only one really that looked okay to me was either Fakir or Robertson because Fakir was a pretty good card that added to the league options and Robertson was the best left back in the Prem. Hmm. No one's getting that excited about them. Whereas if you had a Muller, that was like a 91 with some decent stats or um, uh, Thiago, that might not have been the best cards. They're not up there with the full team here, but they would have been popular. But I guess we'll also probably get onto the SBCs and <laughs> how they could have been an opportunity, but probably wasted one. That is a lovely segue. Let's talk about SBCs. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about SBCs because, and the objective actually, because we had um, Luis Suarez, we had Paolo Dybala, um, and then we have a court, of course, the flashback Cristiano Ronaldo um, from the, <laughs> the um, which I've seen you, your comments on it um, as well. Um, so be interested. What did you, what have you thought about the um, SBCs and objectives for Team of the Year? So the two objectives, the big ones we had were Suarez, which um, you have to remember, people who are grinding to do these objectives tend to not be casual players. 
And if you're not a casual player, you're probably going to have a solid team. So the, um, what do you call um, Suarez one looks good on paper, but like, let's be honest, like that Suarez is not very good. He's too slow. And EA know that. Um, as an Aston Villa fan, I was very happy to see honourable mentions Grealish. Um, I think yeah. that objective, though, rests a lot on if he gets... You know they do like the winter refresh where they upgrade the players who've been amazing this year. Mm, yeah. um, if he gets a four-star week for upgrade, which I'm hearing rumours that he could, if that honourable mentions Grealish gets a four-star week for and a slight upgrade on a couple of stats, then that is a very good objective for free, to be honest. And yes, I'm biased as Jack Grealish is my favourite player in world football at the moment as a Villa fan. I've got a poster of him behind me. Um, I actually think that was a decent objective considering it's Premier League English. But it, if they don't give him the weak foot, then freestyle weak foot EA knows pretty unusable at a decent level on the game, which brings me to Dybala. Dybala was a decent priced SBC, um, but just kills it straight away, the freestyle weak foot for me. Um, it's a bit, so I feel like someone at EA, like... Either is a massive Leipzig fan or Leipzig have a hostage over something. I don't know. Can, <laughs> can, can you name a team that have had more objectives or special cards this year? Mm. I, I, I don't think any teams have more than Leipzig. I don't know. I'll have to go and check it, but it does seem... Muckier, looking we've back, got an objective. Yeah. Like, we've had team of the group stages. We've had Sabitza, a level 30 card. We've had a crazy amount of Leipzig cards, and this Sabitza SBC was 600k, was it? Something around that. or something yeah. stupid. And when I feel like, and I said a lot on my video, that a lot of SBCs, they just tend to be coin sinks, just a chance to like lose coins so you spend more FIFA points during the promo. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, the SBCs during the promo for me, I didn't enjoy them. Um, the Cristiano Ronaldo one, there was mixed reaction in the community. Mixed, um, yeah. Yeah, for me, it was only Cristiano Ronaldo in name and the picture on the card. I saw on Footwiz, it was an 82-rated card if you yeah. just took, took the stats. If you just took the stats, it was an 82-rated card and he didn't have the normal four-star week for CR7. I've seen people who've reviewed him who've said, oh, it's just like gold CR7. I've seen people say it's useless. So I'm not going to do him, so I can't judge him fully, but just based off the card, he looked pretty bad. And it felt like EA were taking the mick a bit, which for me, they tend to do a lot of the SBCs. And then we got Rooney yesterday, and Rooney, like, absolutely insane. So, yeah, I don't know. Let's talk about Ronaldo then, because I heard a lot of people say... This SBC is good because this gives people that wouldn't be able to afford Ronaldo normally, it might be the first time they ever get their hands on a Cristiano Ronaldo card. So, Yeah, that um, was one of the arguments. Yeah. yeah, but like you said, if you actually look at the stats, um, it's not great, is it? And it's not an 87, like you say, in terms of the overall. Osman Dembele's got a comfortably better card if we're going purely on stats and then the weak foots and... Things like that. And Usman Dembele is 4,000 coins, and I think that's the Arsenal 250,000. So, yeah, I don't know. And it's hard for me to just go out with CR7, so. And, I mean, I know Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't 
100% the player he is now or a few years ago when yeah. he first joined United. But the description was, and a flashback Cristiano Ronaldo celebrating his first years in the Premier League playing for Manchester United. I mean, I don't think he ever had less than a four-star week foot really in real life, did he? I, I can't really think of why he no, would have... He, was, he would have been stronger than that. And like, yeah. people found where the picture was from. And the picture on the SBC was like, I think it was either a year or two before he left for Madrid. It was the sporting the Lisbon goal, wasn't it? Um, the yeah. Wasn't it the 35-yard screamer? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A year or two before he left for Madrid, he weren't he weren't an 82-rated card on stats, no, I'll tell you no. that. I think people figured he was like a 90 on FIFA. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. he was he was near his peak really in terms of what he, he was still kind of doing tricks, but he was also he did that obviously the free kick against Portsmouth that is still legendary. Yeah. Um, had unbelievable uh, output in terms of goals and assists. So yeah, I think there's a definitely a mix. What well, I haven't gone anywhere near it to be honest, um, just because yeah. it doesn't really interest me. Um, someone who could maybe exciting to play with but no end product um, looking at his stats and stuff so I mean from a from a pro player's point of view I'm guessing you wouldn't go anywhere near him either if you were playing a qualifier or something yeah I definitely wouldn't from a pro player's point of view and I think a lot of people a lot of people agreed with me but then a lot of people gave me sticks saying oh you're just a meta nerd a pro ignoring <laughs> the casual but I was like it's not about that I'm not even trying to argue from a I'm not saying every SBC needs to be fit for me in a pro qualifier team. The point, that wasn't the point. The point was it is a ripoff based on those stats for anyone. And I thought felt like EA were just trying to use CR7 to drain coins from people during team of the year. I Do you remember when last year they did that Marcus Alonso SBC where you got like yeah. a bad one and a good one, basically. Yeah. And the bad one was, it wasn't bad. It was okay, but it was really cheap. I feel like that CR7, they should have done that 87 actually put it as an 85 because it wasn't even near an 87 make it like 50k and then do a better one like a 90 rated one that was like 500k Mm -hmm. with actually good stats because i liked the idea of ea making a cr7 that's more accessible to the community but i didn't like the idea of ea making a cr7 that didn't really look the only thing that he'll have had like cr7 was his body type and animations and that's not enough for me with the bad stats to make up for it and just how expensive they made him in my opinion um, I feel like these flashback SBCs, I mean, the main point I make about SBCs is that the SBCs are one of the biggest form of contents we get, or it might be the biggest content we get on this game. And it feels like SBCs, unless you spend stupid money on the game, you can't access these, mm. the, these SBCs and you can't access the content without wasting a load of coins. And if you waste a load of coins, how do you afford the future SBCs? FIFA points, unless you want to be a FIFA stock market guy and spend mm. all day trading. Yeah. And if you want to trade, that's fine. Some people enjoy trading, but personally, I want to just play the game and try the cards out. I shouldn't. It shouldn't be that I have to really carefully pick which SBCs I do to not run out of coins. So what would you give Team of the Year out of 10 then as a, as a FIFA promo? What would you give it? So if I, if I was just giving it as a what I think a fair rating for content, I'd probably go like a two out of ten for a FIFA promo. Maybe it was a three or four, but I thought it was awful. I, I don't really know what redeeming qualities I could give it. Like the upgrade packs, I can't say they're good because 
the odds of getting anything solo. Like, the problem I have with FIFA content is that it revolves around expensive players that are so hard to pack that the only accessible way of getting them is buying them off the transfer market, ludicrous prices. Um, objectives which are always way worse than the packable players because they always have something that holds them back, whether it be Suarez with his lack of pace or Grealish with a freestyle weak foot. And then SBCs, which nine times out of ten are coin sinks. And you you know, uh, to explain, I think I might have said it, but coin sink basically, it looks enticing, but it's way overpriced to make you waste your coins. So you'll, it's not good enough, so you'll eventually want to get something else. You raise a good point there, and that, that brings us on to our next um, topic, really, which is what needs to change with the FIFA franchise uh, based on your video really from a few days ago because I can tell you've still got some you've still got some of that emotion that has kind of hung over from that video haven't you um, still kind of bubbling yeah, yeah. Um, I'm passionate about FIFA yeah. like I've dedicated like my life to it for the last four years I don't, I don't mean life is in like every waking minute but my career and obviously anything when you work when you do something for a job you put a lot of time into it and when I complain and get annoyed about FIFA, it's not out of just wanting to moan. It's like, I care about the game. I want it to be the best it can be. Um, and I just, a lot of the issues with FIFA, I don't think are that hard to fix. And I think the point I kept trying to make on this video is I get why EA aren't changing stuff because they're making record money. And you sent me, didn't you, uh, some like figures and statistics about how exactly how much EA were making. Um, but I feel like they could make even more money on this game if they just treated the community better. I don't know if you, you don't have to answer this. Um, you, it's, it's up to you. But I mean, how much have you spent on FIFA, FIFA Ultimate Team this year? Do you think? That's why yeah, I don't mind. Um, I put two thousand pound on my account at the start of the year. Um, the team I represent, Gamers Class, gave me like more than half of that. Um, so I didn't have to put that much on myself. I'm pretty blessed to be in a position where um, I have a team that support me. Um, and that was a point I made on the video, the eSport, it's a big issue with the eSport where you basically have to pay a subscription fee once a year to be able to have a team to compete. Honestly, if I wasn't a pro player trying to compete on this game, I think I would just do a big road to glory at the start of the year. Road to glory is where you spend nothing on the game and just try get a great team throughout the year and enjoy the journey where I don't want to spend a lot of money on the game, but yeah, um, that's how much I put on. And what are the results from that? Do you think? Um, like, what are some of the the cards that you've got? Our packs? Do you think? From the two grand I put on at the start of the year, the best pull I got was Inzaghi's baby card, which was like about two hundred fifteen thousand coins. So that was the best pull I got from two thousand pound. To put it into perspective, I put two grand on the game. I don't think I've been that stupid with my team. I haven't constantly sold and changed players and lost money that way. Um, I've had a few decent pulls from weekend league. I get top 200 nearly every um, week. So I'm getting the best rewards you can get really on the game. And right now I would struggle to afford the two most expensive. Again, I'm not sure I could actually prime R9 and prime Pella. I don't think I can afford them both. Never build the rest of my team. So, I've got a great team, but yeah. yeah, I can't afford them. So just to put into perspective then, so the 2000 that you spent overall, do you think that that's been returned in terms of what you've actually got from that? I mean, for me, it's okay in the sense of like, I make a living off of FIFA, playing the game, YouTube, all the uh, stream, all that type of stuff. But if I was playing this game as someone who 
was just doing it for fun, uh, I would say no chance. And it's up to people how they spend the money. I have no issue with people want to spend money if they enjoy the game, but you could spend, you probably would have to spend near £10,000 a year to be able to afford every single player. Like when we get to the, like the moments, icons that will come out later this month. And then it's all gone at the start of the next game. And you talked earlier about the the YouTuber that analysed all the, the content creators and you talked on your yeah. video about how content creators, obviously they get they open a lot of packs and they spend a lot of money to get those packs because people want to watch that content. Yeah. When you actually analyse the results of those packs, um, does it surprise you at all the the that they don't get as many Team of the Year cards as, as people expect? No, because... Like, people um, have short-term memory, it feels, with FIFA. Like I said, I don't mind people spending money on the game. That's their prerogative. I can't tell people how to spend money on the game. Um, a lot of content creators literally say, don't go waste your money, watch me, because I'll make the money back, it's fine, and I'll show you exactly how bad I'll do, <laughs> like, how, how bad my packs will be. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Like, I feel like when you if you spend 70 quid to get 12,000 points, should be getting guaranteed cards from these. Like Madden, which is another EA game, when you are when you've spent twelve thousand points, they get like bundles which come with toppers. You get like a guaranteed rating on the pack. Mm. Whereas like on FIFA you can get a twenty pound pack and get a discard eighty three as the best player in it. Yeah, and you mentioned as well about how expensive FIFA points are. I mean, if they're a couple of quid for a lot of points, then I mean, you could maybe say that that's decent value and it gives people the opportunity to get better players if they want to, but you, you brought up the fact that 12,000 FIFA points is £80, which is pretty yeah. much, I mean, it's pretty much double what FIFA 21 would be to buy. Um, so it's double the price of the actual yeah. full game itself. What do you think you would get with 12,000 points? The average packs, you're not getting a good card, like I said, I opened someone's packs who had a thousand pounds worth saved, and the best pull was a forty thousand coin card. So, yeah, you wouldn't get anywhere near at this point unless you get one of the very big ones, which we've already established. When it's taking six and a half, seven grand per team of the year, it's not worth it. And I just wanted to touch on pack odds as well because it was something that was brought in a few years ago where if you go to buy a pack on the store, you will see the pack probabilities um, and you can actually have a look and they do change from time to time and um, depends on the promos and stuff like that as well. But the, for the team of the year, for some of the biggest packs that you could buy, they were showing that it was um, less than 1% um, to pack a team of the year player. Yeah. Um, and over, just look at the overall. Um, I suppose the point of your video. What what do you what do you think needs to change with the FIFA franchise over the next few years? What do you think EA Sports need to do? There's a few things. I think that one of the biggest issues that plagues the game is it's a yearly cycle, and the yearly cycle. Like I'm sure you've talked on your podcast before about all the bugs the game faces. Every year the game comes out and people review it and say it's decent. And then within a month, all the bugs and glitches start to come out. And then it just becomes a year of year trying to fire five patches, fix the game. Like we've had a new patch just come out today. We've averaged a patch nearly every two weeks now on this game. And the game changes quite different in each one, which just from a competitive standpoint is awful. Never mind from casuals who are just trying to enjoy the game. And then they come on and it's completely different. Um, so I think... I'd rather FIFA just become 
I don't know what you'd call it, FIFA Online. They already have a FIFA Online, but you get my point, just a standalone FIFA. They could even do it where, like, on the 1st of October every year, foot resets and you start again if they want people to keep doing that. But move away from yearly cycle because that just hurts the development of the game. They they do this stupid thing every year where they come up with, like, dynamic phrases. I can't remember some of the ones that they said this year. I did say on the video, I read that. That's like positioning, personality, dynamic set pieces, all this type of stuff where they change gameplay, things that don't need change just to try to sell the game. People don't even care about that, but they change the game so drastically it gets broken in that sense. But in terms of like the FIFA point aspect, like lots of different governments in major countries now are starting to look into FIFA points, saying, is it gambling? It's probably every couple of weeks you'll see an article on the BBC News website about FIFA points and a parent complaining about how their child spent thousands without them knowing. Yeah. And I honestly think if they did a really good season pass, like Fortnite, COD, Rocket League do. I think people would, one, pay for it, and two, would if it was an actual game that felt like it was reward, you got rewarded for grinding it, I mean, the community would enjoy it a lot more, and you could remove the pay-to-win element somewhat while still making a lot of money. And if people are playing the game a lot more and actually enjoying the game a lot more, well, they're probably going to spend more, and you just start to move towards more cosmetic things, because right now, especially before this year when we got the stadium stuff, it's called FIFA Ultimate Team. And the point is it being your ultimate team, but what unique customization is there that makes it your team? There isn't a lot. And I think they could really develop that side of it, the cosmetic side, and make a lot of money from that, rather than this constant addictive cycle that everything revolves around FIFA points, from playing the game to the content on the menus. Yeah, so just just to explain in a bit more detail to to anyone who doesn't know what a loot box is, so um, that's what essentially FIFA packs are, their loot boxes. So loot boxes are basically a chance, a randomised reward when opened. See, you can buy these with real money and the rewards can sometimes be traded. The latest that we've got is in July of 2020, the House of Lords Gambling Committee said that video game loot boxes should be regulated under gambling laws. So the Lords yeah. said they should be classified as games of chance, which would bring them under the Gambling Act of 2005. So their report said... If a product looks like gambling and feels like gambling, it should be regulated as gambling. The government must act immediately to bring loot boxes within the remit of gambling legislation and regulation. So that's the latest in terms of what's happening. And there was a big petition signed last year, I think got over 50,000 signatures uh, to regulate that industry as well. So we will have to see what happens um, with that in future years. But it's already been loot boxes were banned in Belgium. In 2018, just to give a response from from EA, just because we need to be balanced and and impartial with this. Um, In June of 2019, Kerry Hopkins, the vice president of EA Games, told British MPs that the boxes were ethical and fun, comparing them with the Kinder Eggs, Hatchimals and LOL Surprise. She said, we do think the way we've implemented these kind of mechanics, and FIFA, of course, is our big one, our FIFA Ultimate Team and our packs, is actually quite ethical and quite fun, quite enjoyable to people. But I'm just, I'm just want to pull up another example as well from July 2019 about how four children spent £550 in three weeks buying player packs on FIFA Ultimate Team on the Nintendo Switch after their father bought them a single pack for £8 and it left um, his payment options um, saved on the console. Um, And they still didn't get their favourite player, Lionel Messi. 
because that's who they they wanted to get at the time. So yeah, kids just don't realise. My eleven year old brother started playing um, for a few months ago, and I, maybe even a year now. I told my parents, "Do not leave your payment info saved on there. <laughs> don't leave it yeah. saved on there because he might not realise it." It's, we talk about like you said about 11 16 year olds as well but it's not just kids it's adults who the amount of adults i've spoke to who have said how bad they felt when they looked at the bank account was like oh man i didn't realize i'd spent that much because it's, we live now in a society that's almost cashless especially with covid and it's very easy when it's over a credit card to not realize how much you spent it's like when I was younger and you'd hand cash over, you realize the value of it a bit more because you had to get it out and actually count it out and stuff. But when you just click and submit, it's a lot easier to not realize how much you've spent until you actually look at it. Yeah. If, if anyone's listening and they're, they're, they might be worried about having their payment details on the console, um, go and put parental controls on consoles. You can you have to put a code in to be able to buy coins or to be able to make any in-game purchases or anything like that as well. Um, if you're worried um, about that, that's something I really recommend. Um, for adults as well, just, get, just because if you are going to spend, it just might make you think twice about actually do what can I afford this? Do I need to do this? I think it's really important for people who play Ultimate Team and you don't have to, to enjoy the game, you don't have to spend the points. Um, you don't have to spend any money on there. You can, like you said, do Road to Glories. You can you can just play friendlies with your friends. Um, so th- there's lots of different ways to, to enjoy the game without spending extra money on it. I say, I've got a way that I could end it on a more positive note, I guess, that um, I think gaming... It's definitely something that can, has a big positive effect and has a great, it's done a lot of good as well. There's a lot of people who've probably struggled in the last year with social isolation, whereas gaming, I don't want to say saved them, but has made a big difference in their lives. Whereas before, they, if imagine if we'd have had to lock down like this 20 years ago, whereas now like yeah. so many people, they get to socialize with people. It's not the same as in person. I'm, I'm well aware of that. I know like countless people from my streams, this isn't to brag or anything, but just say that one of the, my favorite aspects of my job is I've talked to lots of followers on Twitter and been able to help people and be there for different people and stuff. And gaming has a big positive influence and lots of people's lives have been better for it. It's an industry that provides a lot of work and jobs now. It's just a shame this aspect of it. It's just this aspect of it right now where we talk about this addictive um, nature that isn't good but gaming does do a lot of good and has a lot of benefits I think as well yeah I'll echo that I think you're right obviously people have to spend a lot more time indoors nowadays um, obviously we're in a global pandemic still and there's a lot at the end of the tunnel with vaccines and, and treatments and things but I totally agree in terms of gaming and, and esports as well esports was there for us last year where there was no sport on TV so esports took that mantle there was the virtual Grand Prix there was loads of other esports that were shown because it, it's it's an industry that you can perform remotely you can do that so it's had a big impact and i mean from myself personally i've reconnected with friends that i haven't spoken to in a few years and i've met new people online you know playing things like warzone and playing fifa and being in the community and it's 
yeah um and you know for a lot of young people out there um it's it's changed i mean when i was uh, when i was a kid i used to just go play football all day every day that was my thing but nowadays people go on xbox parties play fortnite play warzone and they you know talk to their friends and socialize and you know, at least at least we have that where we we've got somewhere we can actually speak to you know people and have fun. And at the end of the day, that's what it's for. Gaming's supposed to be fun. Thanks for discussing that. I think, like it said before, it's really interesting, and I think it's really important as well. And it's good to hear from someone within the FIFA esports scene as well who you've kind of been there and done that, haven't you, with all different teams in the esports scene as well. Um, and I think it's it's quite brave of you to come out and do a video like this and bring some awareness to it, brought up some really interesting points. And let, let's see what EA Sports do over the next few years with, with the loot boxes, whether um, the reports make any difference, we'll, we'll have to find out. But thanks for doing the video and thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. It was a pleasure. It was nice to talk to you again. I enjoyed the last time. So when you messaged me, that's definitely. I really hope that EA do start to make a move to work on some of these stuff. I'd love to work with them and help them. Because like I say, like there's lots of great people here. I, I think that was a point I made on the video at the start that I want to reiterate again now that there's lots of amazing people who work at EA who care about the game passionately. I think they get a lot of unfair stick at times and. Yeah, I love FIFA as a game and how it's changed my life. So I hope that these issues can be fixed. Yeah, thanks a lot for your help. And um, thanks a lot for, for coming on the podcast. And I'm sure we'll speak again uh, soon on on an episode. Um, you're always great to chat to. And just want to give a shout out to, to for people who don't know where you put your content. Do you want to put a few of your handles out there for people to go and follow? Sure. Um, the best place is probably Twitch. Uh, my Twitch is Zelonius92, uh, Twitter at Zelonius, and then YouTube. I put daily uploads, help people get better at FIFA, Zelonius FIFA. Those are the main ones. Thanks again, and um, really appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon. <laughs>